This is a Ghostbuster show brought to you by Ticket Stubs and Cassette Tapes, my movie podcast and regular podcast feed. You can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find that. Um, And that's if you're coming over from YouTube, if you're listening from YouTube. If you're listening from the regular podcast feed, we also do have a YouTube channel. It's all Ghostbusters right now, so you can find this show and all of these shows on on, uh, on our Ticket Stubs and Cassette Tapes uh, YouTube channel. So we will update the YouTube to properly reflect um, the entire podcast feed at some point, but I just haven't got around to it yet. Um, you can find our Facebook and Twitter pages as well, uh, ticket stubs and cassette tapes. Please go check us out there. Give us a follow there. Um, and give us a subscribe wherever you're listening, please. And, and if you're so inclined to do so, uh, please leave us a rating as well. It would be much appreciated. On our regular podcast feed, I've just released a new episode on um, my review for Insidious the Red Door. Uh, Just yesterday I released that, so a spoiler review of that movie if you're interested. Um, So there's a little non-Ghostbusters stuff for you there. Uh, Another non-Ghostbusters piece here, I am going to do my review for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny this week. I'm a little late to that party, just coming off of a vacation, so I just haven't had the time to sit down and, and see the movie yet, actually, but I'm hearing good things, so I'm excited about it, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that review and getting it up on the regular feed as well. All right, I'm going to start off the top here by saying this, um, <laughs> I recorded this entire podcast already um i did i think a little over an hour's worth of a show uh, for this week on ecto one radio a couple of days ago and unfortunately the audio from everything that i did uh was somehow in moving around and uh you know uploading my other uh review for insidious somehow the audio for this was lost so i'm re-recording this episode and so um that really sucks that's why you're getting the the show a little late this week but uh you know it's just something that happens sometimes in podcasting you you lose audio sometimes you know there there have been times i've recorded entire episodes only to realize that we had about half of the audio cut out. So, I mean, you know, you just run into these things sometimes. But 
I'm not just going to cancel the episode, even though there's not a ton to talk about. I do want to keep the show up regularly, so I'm going to I'm going to redo this. Um, and like I've always said, there's no script to this, as you can obviously tell. Uh, there's no script. There's you know nothing like that. I have a few talking points, and I'll give my opinion. So uh, I'm just going to run through my my points again on this show, and um, and yeah, going to have some fun talking some Ghostbusters. Always fun talking Ghostbusters. So let me start here. Um, actually, let me take these headphones off first. Um, the show we did a couple of weeks ago. I think, you know, we talked a little bit about how things are kind of going to be dead for a little bit. Um, in the world of Ghostbusters, you're you're not going to hear a whole lot about the movie right now. We, we just, uh, within the last uh, few weeks, we went into post-production and that whole process, which is good. You're basically on your last leg of making the film at that point, but... With that comes a lot of silence, and you know you're not going to obviously see videos pop up from filming or production because all of that is over. Um, so basically, unless there's some sort of big spoiler leak at this point, the next thing that we're going to hear coming out of this movie will be, you know, either some news regarding the release date being pushed, or. Um, you know, we'll probably have some sort of teaser. And, you know, as I've said before, that's probably not going to happen until late September, maybe October, maybe even later than that if the release date gets pushed back. So, you know, we're still operating on the idea that this movie is going to release in December because as of today, it is July the 9th and we haven't heard any different. Um, I'm sure that in Jason Reitman's mind, in Gil Keenan's mind, in Sony's mind, they have some sort of threshold that they're trying to hit in post-production. And, you know, maybe if they hit that threshold and, um, they'll keep the release date in December. And if they don't hit that threshold, they'll push the film back. Now, I don't know what that threshold is. I don't know what they're measuring. Um, but I would, you know, they're definitely not just playing this by ear at this point because you, you can't. This is a business. It's, uh, you know, you're working on a project that is costing millions of, do- millions of dollars to make and will hopefully make you millions of more dollars. So, you know, you don't just fly by the seat of your pants on these kinds of things. They, they have um, things that they're closely monitoring to see whether or not they want to push this film back. We just don't know what those things are, and and, and we probably never will. So we'll see. I mean, that's, you know, I've said it just about every show we've done in the last uh, few months. Um, We just don't know. But I do know this. uh, You know, every day that comes and goes, we're getting closer to the release date of this movie, and that's really exciting as a Ghostbusters fan. Um, and we have some things to talk about tonight regarding the movie. We have some Ernie Hudson quotes that I would like to talk about and some interesting quotes, not, not just, uh, you know, something to pass the time here, but he, he made some interesting comments and a couple of different quotes that he has given in the past week. So I do want to talk about that. 
Um, and towards the end of the show, we'll talk some collector stuff um, that I picked up this week and I would like to share with you, as well as a couple of new uh, released items, unlicensed Ghostbuster uh, release items, uh, toys that I would like to talk about as well. So we have a few things to cover today. And I'm again, just excited to talk Ghostbusters, but let's jump into our first, uh, Ernie Hudson quote. And this is a, um, quote that came, uh, around the 4th of July. So, uh, you know, just a few days ago, and this is, um, Ernie Hudson talking about, um, the, uh, well, excuse me. This 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 came out around the third, July third, July second, somewhere where he he uh, he said these things in an interview. So um, we'll actually cover this one first. And this one is referring to the writer strike that we've talked about before, and how that has impacted uh, filming, or how that did impact filming for the upcoming Ghostbusters release. So we'll talk about that. Uh, Ernie Hudson is sort of making the rounds right now. Um, doing uh or doing interviews for his his new film prisoner's daughter and of course with a guy like ernie you know anytime he's being interviewed for anything ghostbusters is going to come up so you know you're you're always going to get quotes from him whether they mean anything or not whether they're you know like i said they're impactful quotes or you know him just you know um just saying whatever he can to get through the interview. I mean, you're just always going to get something from him um, when it comes to, you know, any press that he does. So um, this is this comes from an interview he was doing for his new film, Prisoner's Daughter, and he was asked about um, the writer's strike and maybe how it affected the upcoming Ghostbusters movie. And he said, quote, yeah, we finished. The movie is done. It's wrapped. Obviously, they're editing and doing whatever else. I've heard rumors the end of the year they'll push for, or maybe spring of next year. I never know how the studios are going to do whatever they do, but the filming is done, which was a little bit difficult with the writer's strike and everything going on. So I know there was a lot of shuffling around in terms of where it was being done, but I'm thankful that we at least got it done in the can, and now like I'm like everyone else waiting to see what it all looks like. So... It's an interesting little comment there because he is saying that, you know, this movie was, uh, at least in some ways, impacted by the writer's strike. And we have talked a little bit about the writer's strike and the impact that that has on movies and television shows and just entertainment as a whole. Um, You know, there was a lot of talk going around uh, amongst, you know, fan groups and uh, message boards and things that you know, well, this movie won't be affected. And, you know, even I, you know, I'll, I'll admit to this. Even I said that, um, I don't think it will be affected, but, um, you know, there was just a lot of talk about how the movie probably really won't be affected because it was already written and they were uh, well into the process of filming, you know, closer toward, toward the end of filming when the writer's strike happened. Well, you do have to take into account rewrites and little things that you have to do every day on set. Um, you know, little changes uh, or additions uh, or subtractions that you have to make from dialogue um, or your script in, in any way whatsoever 
to make things work on a film set. You know, a lot of times you get on a film set, you're, you're working on, you know, making your movie and some things that you put on the page don't work as well when you get to the filming stage. So things have to be altered and that's where writers are needed. And obviously when you have a strike going on and nobody's writing, that has an effect on a movie. So I would say that is probably what we had here. Now, I will say, again, they were enough into filming that I don't think, um, I don't think probably the 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 impact was uh, very high on this movie. I don't think it's anything to be necessarily concerned about. You know, he says in the quote, "There was a lot of shuffling around." in terms of where it was being done. So that's an interesting quote that I don't really know the meaning uh, to. Um, you know, I, there's really not much you can take away from that. Um, but it sounds like that they did get it completed and, and found a way to work through their issues, and that's good. Um, now, the the beginning of the quote talking about you know, the rumors that they're pushing for the end of the year or maybe spring of next year, you know, there's, that's coming from something he, he, and you know, he's sort of echoing what Dan Aykroyd has already said and what we've already talked about on the, the show before about, you know, it's either going to be the end of the year or spring, which really doesn't tell us anything other than I'm surprised they're saying spring. Um, you know, I've said before, I, I really think that if it's not going to be December, I would have thought that they would have pushed it to like June or July of next year to try to get a summer release to line up with the release, uh, the 40th anniversary of the release of the first movie. But, you know, obviously, according to these quotes, um, it's either going to be December or maybe it'll be March or April. So we're not going to get as big of a pushback. If we, if we do get a, a delay, it's not going to be as big of a delay as maybe we initially thought. And it'll only be maybe an extra three months. Um, so either way, you know, it looks as though we're well than less than a year um, from a release of this movie, which is great. Uh, as a Ghostbusters fan, it means that, you know, no matter what happens here, we're going to see a movie relatively soon. And that's, that's awesome. You know, that, again, that's, that's really exciting. And, um, you know, I, I, again, <laughs> you know, will they hit whatever threshold they're trying to hit to make that December release? It's just, it's just yet to be seen. There's, um, you know, we could hear tomorrow that they're pushing the movie back or it could be August, or it could be September. I would say definitely by like, I would say by like September, you would probably know one way or the other um, whether or not they're going to keep the December release date or push it back. But I, I want to move on from this. We, we've talked about this, this possible delay so much. And at the end of the day, there's just only so much that can be said about it. So I don't want to linger on that too much. Um, we'll move on to the next quote here from Ernie Hudson. And this is more talking about the actual movie. And uh, there's there's no spoilers to this, so don't worry. This is spoiler-free. So, you, you know, anybody's safe here. But um, we'll jump into this next quote where it talks a little bit about the, the actual movie that is being made. 
And uh, Ernie Hudson says, quote, But Winston, I think his place, what this last movie, Afterlife, did was it gave him a place to be a purpose. You know, why is he here? Well, he's the guy who has the money to keep this thing going. So that was good. It wasn't so much more because we do have these new characters. We're introducing new stories, but he has a place and purpose for being there. I think in earlier movies, you established a friendship between the three main guys. They've already established a business, so how much do we... And I totally don't understand all that, but Winston definitely has a place. Now, how much of a place and all of that gets decided on by other people. So, it's a little... You you have to navigate through these quotes a little bit because it is a little confusing the way it's phrased. But, you know, I think what essentially what he's saying is he's glad that Afterlife didn't just randomly bring Winston back. They actually kind of gave him a purpose for for being there other than just being, you know, a Ghostbuster 35 years ago. You know, they actually gave him a, a, a purpose for being there, which is, you know, that he has made it really big in the business world. You know, he owns Ray's Occult uh, at this time. Um, you know, he's really, he's helping Ray out. And, and they're friends. You know, that friendship still lasts. And, uh you know, so of course he would be there at the end of Afterlife, and of course he would be a part of the new franchise. And you know that's cool. That's cool to see that Winston, you know, has been, um, you know, the the role of Winston has been not redefined, but given a little bit more of a purpose rather than just the everyman. Because in the first two movies. I think the everyman angle was perfect. I think that it worked really well and it gave us sort of a person in the group to look through because, you know, we're not, or I should say probably most of us, uh, we're not parapsychologists. We're not scientists. You know, we are, you know, we are the everyman and, you know, it's easier to see what's going on in Ghostbusters through his eyes because, um, you know, he shows up and he's just looking for a job. He's just a blue collar guy looking for a job. This isn't a lifelong passion for him. He's just, he just wants a paycheck. And, you know, that I I feel like that's how most people are. And so that's a really cool character to have. And it also adds to the comedy because, you know, he's just a guy that shows up and he doesn't even know if this is real or not. He just knows again that he wants a paycheck. So, you know, it, it you know, when he starts going through some of the same things that the three guys were, were going through earlier in the movie, um, it does make it funnier because, you know, he's he's not really even sure what's going on. He's just there for a job. So it, it you know, and that works for the first two movies. But now, you know, that you're focusing on newer characters, and I think this is kind of what Uh, Ernie Hudson is saying in this quote, when you're focusing on these newer characters, um, you kind of need to shift your focus for Winston a little bit and give him more of a purpose. And, you know, clearly his purpose is that, hey, I can fund what you guys are going to do because, A, I obviously have an interest in what you're doing, but B, um, I get it and I understand and I've sort of been where all of you are and I have the means to help you and you know let's be honest if that wasn't there 
if that part of Winston wasn't added to his character, you know, where would these new characters get the funding to reestablish a Ghostbusters franchise? I mean, you know, like Paul Rudd's character said in Afterlife, there hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years, and probably not many people outside of that small town in Oklahoma know what happened in Afterlife. So, you know, and it's been a long time since Ghostbusters too. So that you know, people are going to be skeptical of ghosts again. Obviously, when they go back to New York, and you're not, you're obviously, you're probably not going to get any sort of federal funding for you know a Ghostbusters franchise to reestablish itself. So now you have this built-in way to reopen the franchise or you know reopen the business um with private money and so it really works from multiple angles and it was and you can tell that was something that was thought out by jason rotman um and gil keenan beforehand you can, you can tell that they've thought this one through um just because i said it you know, like i said it covers so many different bases um you know with this sort of um new version of the character and I don't you know I don't mean that in any sort of negative way just you know this and I don't want to say it's an update or anything like that but um I guess that is probably a good way to say it this update to the character of Winston uh and making him a little bit more than he originally was it just works several different ways so um that's a a fun little quote from him there but let's get into um what he says next and um about some other people in the movie and um you know there's 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 something a little interesting in this next quote that i want to discuss so let's just read the quote first uh ernie goes on to say quote also as we introduce new stories and new characters that's what moves the whole thing forward but we're still a part of it so it was great to see bill murray and dan Aykroyd. Annie Potts, it's great to see them there and really just enjoying it and enthusiastic about being there. It's different. It's not necessarily the direction I would go in, but I just love being a part of it, and I think the fans will like this new direction, but we'll see. Okay. Now, surprisingly, this is not a quote that's been picked up or talked about much, and that shocks me. Um, If this were something from star wars or marvel i think this quote would be heavily heavily analyzed and everybody would know it by now and ernie hudson would have already been called back for another uh interview just to try to clarify this but because it's a ghostbusters quote and it's a smaller franchise it's just kind of went over a lot of people's heads i think and a lot of people may not even know he said this um and you out there listening may not have known he said this But the first thing I think about, and I don't want to scare anybody, so just hear me out before I say this. The first thing I think about with the end of this quote and him talking about it's not necessarily the direction I would go in, it immediately makes me think of Mark Hamill and The Last Jedi. You know, when he kept saying in interviews, I'm I'm really just surprised what they're doing with the Luke character. It's not necessarily the direction I would go in. I think he actually might have said that verbatim. (laughs) Um, But I don't, you know, I want to say this. I don't think this is that kind of situation. You know, I made mention a while back 
Uh, it was around the day that, uh, it was around the episode that we we did, I think, for Ghostbusters Day. It was somewhere around there that I know some stuff about this movie, um, some spoilerish stuff that I wish I didn't know, uh, but I do, and it's stuff that's not really out there on the internet anymore. I think Sony did a really good job of quickly getting this stuff down, um, and taken off the, you know, all avenues of the internet from what I've seen, um, to avoid more, you know, more people seeing it. But there are some spoilers that I know about this movie that I'm not going to share. Obviously I'm not so, you know, don't worry about spoilers or anything. I'm not going to share any of this, but I will say that the movie is going to be different. It's going to be, there's, there's going to be, um, a different vibe to this movie. I don't think it's going to be in the classic Ghostbusters format. It's going to be just a little. You're, look, if you're one of these people who maybe you liked Afterlife, but you didn't, you you kind of wish they would just do something different. Well, I'm here to tell you, you're, you're about to get that movie. You're about to get a different kind of movie. Um, again, I think it's going to be. I, I'm. I will say this. I'm a traditionalist. But from what I've seen, I kind of like what looks like is going to happen um, in some ways. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let some other things play out in the movie. I've I got to see the movie first to solidify my opinion. And obviously, what I've seen is just a fraction of the movie. So you never know how things are going to play out. I don't know anything about the plot, really. But, um, but you, you have to let some things play out, right? You, you can't just say beforehand, even knowing some spoilers that it's good or bad, right? You have to know, but I can tell you it's going to be different. So I can see what he's saying. Um, what I think he means by this quote is that what he would do is make a traditional Ghostbusters movie. And I'm sure that's what he means. It could not, that could not be what he means. I don't know. But, um, I think that it's good to do a little of both. And what I mean by that is do some different things, you know, keep the stories creative and interesting, but you've got to keep it within the confines of the world that we've already built. Right. And that's something that a lot of people, um, struggle with, you know, a lot of fans struggle with that because they want, you know, a lot of fans want new and different and, you know, totally off the wall stuff, but they also want it to be, they want it to feel like the first two Ghostbusters movies. And sometimes you just can't have your cake and eat it too. Sometimes it's got to be one way or the other. Um, and that's why some things have shelf lives, right? That's why, uh, you can only go so far with stuff and keeping it new and creative without just getting out there. Um, I made mention before, uh, you know, but uh, if you haven't listened to any of the uh, other, the regular Ticket Stubs and Cassette Tapes feed, if you haven't listened to any of my other shows, you know, I'm a huge Halloween fan. I'm a huge Michael Myers Halloween fan. I love that original classic John Carpenter movie. I think it's it's my favorite horror movie ever made. I think it's for my money, probably the best horror movie ever made. 
um, especially if you want to just talk about different subgenres. I think it's definitely the best slasher horror movie ever made. Um, but the problem with that franchise is the farther you go down that sequel rabbit hole, the more out there the movies are just going to get. And that's something that you can't stop. Because if you keep making them, then one of two things is going to happen. Right, and everything I'm saying here applies to Ghostbusters, so just listen carefully. When you keep making sequels to a great movie, one of two things is going to happen. The first thing is, you're just going to make a different variation of the, the same movie over and over again. Right? And Ghostbusters 2 gets criticized for that quite a bit. Right? Ghostbusters 2 gets criticized for being extremely similar to the first movie. And now we have Afterlife, and it gets criticized for being similar to the first movie. So you've got that. Um, you can look at The Force Awakens and how it was criticized for being too much like A New Hope. Uh, as a Halloween fan, you can look at Halloween 2018 and how it was criticized for being a lot like the new, the first movie. right? And how things just sort of uh, retread old ground. So you've got that option. Number two is you can go in extreme, not, well, I don't want to say extreme, but you can go in different directions and then people don't like it because it's too far removed from the world that they know, the world that you've already built. Um, maybe sometimes the creative direction that you go is just too far removed from what they know and what they love. And they lose interest. And I know there's some of you out there listening right now who are like, well, you know, if you're a good writer, you can make it work. Well, I mean, that's easy for you to say, you know, sitting, you know, there listening to your phone or sitting behind a computer desk. I mean, that's easy for you to say. It's not really easy to go out and actually do um, you know, everybody kind of thinks that they can write and that they can do something better than what they're seeing on the screen. The reality is when you've got pen to paper and you've got millions of fans eagerly awaiting to see your work and millions of people that are looking to be pleased with what you're doing, it's a pretty hard job. It's a pretty difficult thing to... Um, to actually pull that off. And it's amazing that that's what makes it amazing when you look at something like, I would say, uh, a Top Gun Maverick, right? Which was unanimously loved. It feels like the whole world stopped to go to the theater and watch that movie because of the great word of mouth it was getting. And it is a fan, you know, Top Gun Maverick's a fantastic sequel. I would I would go I would be willing to say Top Gun Maverick might be up there uh or in my opinion definitely is up there with one of the best sequels ever made and I'm talking about it's up there with Empire Strikes Back it's up there with Terminator 2 I mean it's it's up there it's really high on the list of one of the best sequels ever made um and that's because they found a great balance they didn't you know they didn't kick Tom Cruise to the side and focus on a brand new set of characters. 
they did both. They continued the story of Maverick and, and also introduced new characters and made us like everybody. And, you know, for my money, Afterlife did a really good job of that. It, it, it you know, it brought back the classics in some capacity, but it did a great job handling new characters. And so let me tie all this back into to, to this quote. Sometimes you have to choose whether or not you want to go a little different or if you want to stay in the same sort of classic vein. And clearly, I think what we're getting um, with this new movie is, is different. They want to do something a little different. So, we shall see. Now, I'm not giving any of you permission uh, to run out there and start screaming from the hills, The Last Jedi, The Last Jedi, this is going to be The Last Jedi sort of situation. Um, You know, don't, nobody freak out, okay? Um, I don't think this is going to be that, okay? I'm actually very excited for this. I think that it's going to be a good kind of different, okay? So let me just say that now, you know, but I am, I am very surprised that no, you know, not really anybody's talking about this and, and that's kind of a good thing to me. Um, again, sometimes you just, some little quote like this, you know, people grab onto it and they just dwell on it too much. And by the time the movie comes out, it's almost like the quote has had an impact on the movie because, People are almost disinterested in seeing something that's going to be, quote-unquote, very different uh, from what they know and what they love. And, you know, you have to give stuff a chance. But I'm I'm excited, and I think I agree with him. I think the fans are going to like the new direction. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, let's move on to our next piece here. Um, and let's take a look at, let's take a look at a new release, uh, that we're going to have from, uh, from Plastic Geek, uh, their online store. Um, this is something that's interesting to me because I know that a lot of people, when the Hasbro, uh, Afterlife version of Gozer or the um, the uh, the dirt farmer, or I forget what they called the Egon figure from Afterlife. Uh, it was uh, let me look up here. I forget what they called it. Um, I think it was like the family that bust together or something like that it was if you remember correctly it was like this purplish um figure of egon from afterlife um and then you also had the the gozer figure from afterlife both released by hasbro well essentially what plastic geek has done is they've made their own variations of those releases um and they will be released or they will uh we'll we'll see the launch of those figures um 
pretty soon the the names of these are going to be flat top and slime dirt farmer so it is important to you know point this out these are unlicensed um but they still are very cool um they're fan made which you see a lot of in ghostbusters which is something that's really cool i've always loved how the fan base kind of takes over um when it comes to things like ghostbusters and um you know you see some really creative things i mean just think about like the world of proton pack building or how many different versions of the ecto one you've seen you know maybe online you've seen pictures that you know over the last 25 years or more uh that the fan community has just done on their own accord that's always been one of the coolest parts of the franchise to me and now that we have you know social media and the internet and we can see you know these bigger releases of this kind of stuff like this these toys um it's always been really cool to me you know these people put a lot of time and a lot of effort into this and so, you know, I, I always like to take a little time in the podcast to point some of this stuff out to, uh, you know, put people's work on display. So um, these are, like I said, both fan produced, entirely non-licensed. Uh, they're made to scale um, perfectly, you know, sort of next to Hasbro's pre-existing uh, Ghostbusters Fright feature toy line. And, uh, you know, obviously flat top resembles uh, Gozer. While the slime dirt farmer is uh, resembles the uh, spectral form of Egon Spengler, um, the flat top figure will stand five inches tall. It's uh, made of a semi-ridged, pearlized, color-shifting resin. It features four points of removable peg articulation, and it has glowing red light piped eyes. Um, and it's looks really good. If you haven't seen this, go check it out online. Um, it looks really cool. So it looks like it would be a really cool toy to have on the shelf. And um, I really like the size of this thing, too. It's not something that's so small. You know, you can barely see the details. And, you know, it's a little bit bigger, um, almost a half a foot tall. So um, it just looks really cool. Um, also, standing five inches tall, the Slime Dirt Farmer uh, is similar to uh, Plastic Geek's previous release, just instead being cast in a semi-ridge translucent green resin that includes glitter uh, paired with a metallic gradient. Uh, while this figure is a slightly modified recast of Hasbro's release, it does include a spirited glow-in-the-dark action to help it further stand out in your collection. And it looks really cool when it glows in the dark. Um, again, there's a lot of detail to this. I will say, um, not to disparage this work at all. Again, it does look great, but I will say I do prefer sort of the purple, the translucent purple that came from Hasbro's release when it comes to the Egon figure. Um, it did just kind of look a little bit cooler to me. Um, but this one is also really cool and I honestly wouldn't mind having both. Uh, but if you'd like to grab either of these, um, they'll be available to pre-order, um, or they already are, excuse me, available to pre-order as of uh, yesterday, Saturday, July the 8th, um, with flat top priced at $65 and the Slime Dirt Farmer at $45, and you can get them exclusively through Plastic Geek's online store. So, um, yeah, I mean, just a couple of cool pieces of toy news here. 
I always love seeing, you know, these people take on, um, you know, the, the new Ghostbusters toys and, and working on fan creations. With us getting, you know, closer to the release of the new movie, it's going to be really cool to see what they do for that, what everybody does for that. Um, and usually when a new movie is released, you'll get some cool toys, both licensed and unlicensed. And uh, as a collector myself, that's always exciting news. And that brings me to the last thing I want to talk about here. Um, I did pick up a couple of cool collector's pieces that I wanted to discuss today. Um, something, you know, a couple of things that I've wanted for a while, but I haven't gotten around to looking for getting hold of. Finally did. You know, and uh, the timing just worked out perfectly to where I found both of these at reasonable prices and grabbed them both. The first thing that I grabbed was the Real Ghostbusters, the Now Comics, uh, number one, the issue number one from 1988. Uh, this is a really cool piece. It's in fantastic condition for, you know, a 35-year-old comic book. It's in mint condition, basically. Um... I picked it up from my local comic book store. They had just gotten one in. Um, I'd never seen one in that store before, but they got one, and I instantly grabbed it the minute they posted it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm so glad to have this thing in my collection. I've been wanting one for a while, but just couldn't find one at, you know, a price that I thought was reasonable um, and finally was able to get a hold of one. I do have quite a few issues of that comic series as well as the Slimer and the real Ghostbusters or the Slimer comics. Um, but I did not have the, the first issue. So that was a great pickup. Another thing I got, and this one I'm probably a little bit more excited about, even though, <laughs> um, I don't, you know, some of you may wondering, be wondering why I would be as excited about it. Back when Ghostbusters 2 was released, and a lot of you remember this, they did a, um, Hardy's did a promotion with um, Sony. And what we got out of that was uh, some promotional cups with the Ghostbusters 2 logo on them and also some noisemakers. Now, some of you will remember that the, the noisemakers actually got uh recalled i believe at some point uh because the batteries the, the little watch batteries would come out of them you can still find those on uh ebay as well from time to time i'm I'm actually going to try to get a hold of one of those too but the cups were really great the old hardy's cups um i believe they say uh official ghostbusters headquarters and you get um, a Ghostbusters 2 logo in the front and then on the back you get a bigger version of the Ghostbusters 2 logo. Now it was cool to get the cup but one of the reasons why I'm so excited about it is because it's basically been buried in a basement for 30 plus years so it's in great condition. I mean this cup looks like I went down to Hardy's and bought it today. Um, it's It looks really co cool and it's you know just one of those fun pieces that um, is all, you know, it's just always fun to add something like that to the collection, something, uh, that looks great and is, you know, a, um, a, a classic little piece that will remind a lot of people of that time period. And so those are a couple of cool, you know, additions I added to my collection this past week. And, you know, I have a few other things that 
I'm kind of keeping on watch that I would like to add in my collection pretty soon. So we'll see. Um, I would like to, on the social media, start sharing some pictures of my collection editions and give you guys also an avenue to share what, you know, maybe you've um, recently collected. So that would be something fun to do. But guys, that's basically all we have for the show today. Um, Like I said, it's going to be pretty you know, silent for a while on the Ghostbusters front, uh, at least I think it will, but, uh, we'll keep the show rolling here. <clears throat> I'll be back with you in a couple of weeks and we'll talk about anything that happens between now and then, and we'll get, you know, another fun topic to talk about as well. So, uh, that's all we have for Ecto one radio today. Remember to check out our socials, check out our regular podcast feed. If you're interested in that and check out our YouTube channel as well, ticket stubs and cassette tapes. Um, I'm Andy and I'm your host and we'll catch you next time.